Welcome to Collaboration is Queen, a New World Women production. I'm your host, Dawn Morningstar, one of three co-founders of New World Women. Sean Vujot, Mecca Page, and I have collaborated to co-create New World Women, a women's organization that shares profits with women to reward them for expanding their consciousness and nurturing themselves. Our unique offering supports women's self-empowerment and economic sufficiency, and it emerged out of a respectful, inclusive, co-creative process based on collaboration at every turn and fun. Yes, there was lots of fun. The three of us are often overheard saying collaboration is queen. We invite you to welcome more collaboration into your life, knowing that you don't have to do it alone, whatever it is for you. Dust off your crown and enjoy. And always remember, collaboration is queen. So I have had the privilege of knowing Deb Meckley for over 20 years. It might be closer to 25, Deb. You'll have to let me know. But the two of us have met, done many bold and lovely things together. And I'm so grateful to say that she's a dear friend and an inspiration to so many people. Deb has been working in the health and wellness industry for over 40 years. She's passionate about helping others get from where they are to where they desire to be in very efficient and effective ways. Deb is trained in a multitude of holistic techniques that get results. Her training and experience give her an insight into people and the behaviors that can become their challenges and obstacles to living the lives that they really want to be living. Her work in hospice, which I admire you so much for that, um, has allowed her to bring a fresh perspective on living better lives and showing up for ourselves on purpose with intention, joy, and passion. Deb says this is inner wellness. Deb is an author, speaker, and facilitator. She's a registered clinical professional and a master certified health and inner wellness coach. Deb's the founder of Time to Renew Coaching, check that out for sure, and creator of Healthcare Renew Programs, which evolved out, evolved out of a, a dire need for personal restoration and renewal of frontline healthcare workers during the pandemic. It's a beautiful program. She has served as a spiritual care advocate for hospice patients and their families and is a certified facilitator in honoring choices. Her hospice work and experience led her to a newfound awareness for living a life that is regret-free and thus her upcoming book, Regret-Free Living, Living and Dying in High Definition is just going to be an amazing read for all of us. Deb is a luminary and a founding mother of New World Women. As a New World Women luminary, she's going to be teaching a year-long, once-per-month series in New World Women Academy online starting in spring of 2022. Her 12 classes are going to focus on regret-free living, you guessed it, your path to a healthful mind, body, and spirit. Let's open up the mics and everyone say welcome. Deb Meckley, we welcome you. Hi. Hi, Deb. Deb, we welcome you. Hi, Deb. 
Thank you. you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here always. Love the third third. Love your background. I know I'm speaking for everyone when I say just how beautiful it is. Thank you for making, creating such beauty for tonight. Yes. So, um, Deb, we have five questions for you. And um, in those questions, you're also going to share a teaching with us, which we're very, very much looking forward to. So my first question for you is, when you look back over your life, what's a gift or a skill or a talent that emerged within you, something that you loved or something that made you feel alive, like from, you know, mm-hmm. over your lifetime? Yeah, uh, you know, when I think about that question, I think back to when I was probably five years old. Um, I um, felt was sensitive to energy. I wanted to be a doctor for as long as I can remember. I wanted to be a healer. Um, I was always healing animals and my dad was a taxidermist. I thought I could bring them back to life. (laughs) Um, I was I was trying to bring back dead flowers and I just always knew I would do something um, in in medicine. And um, I did. I did. Yeah. Beautiful. So what was the journey to sharing this gift with others? Like, how did it transform from wanting to be a traditional doctor in medicine into sharing the gifts that you you ended up sharing so beautifully with the world? What was that journey? Well, that's a... um a loaded, uh, that's a question with a lot of answers in a short period of time. Um, but you know, I, 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 I thought about that today and I've been thinking about it for actually a couple of weeks, remembering that, um, you know, 50 years ago, when you uh, were an intuitive, when you were a child, what oftentimes they, they called seers, but it wasn't, it wasn't well received. And I recall at about 10 years old, um, because I used to talk to angels and spirits and I used to play in the rainbow. And my mom was fine with all of that until friends and neighbors started saying, you know, you might want to get her checked out. You know, something might be wrong there. Well, that frightened me. I wanted to belong. I wanted to be part of my tribe. And so I started to push that away. And um, I remember how challenging and difficult that was. Uh, when we push our truth away at a very young age. Um, and so as that journey went on, I, 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 was, uh, I was stifling that. I was stagnant in that. And my sister died when I was 17 in a car accident. And she came to me in spirit and said, Debbie, don't ever forsake your gifts ever again. So I started to let them back in. And um, as I got married and became a mom, um, I felt every time I had a baby that my intuition heightened, that I was coming back into my own self until my third child, who was born with a a very serious chronic illness, 40 plus surgeries and a liver transplant, um, had me questioning who I was as a woman because I was completely consumed in mothering and caretaking. And um, it wasn't until he was around nine years old that he was in one of his surgeries. And I was sitting in the St. Mary's Peace Garden and I left this earth. I went away and I had a profound experience. When I shared that experience three days later, started to explain it to my son, he stopped me and he said, mom, I know. You see, he had been in a surgery and he coded. He died for over two minutes on the table. And he told me he took me, brought me into his dream. 
And he said, I was supposed to find out who I was and why I was here, who I was supposed to be. And so, as you might think, that prophetic experience changed my life. But the next 10 years, literally the next decade was brutal for me because I would ask myself every day, why did I have this experience? Why did I know this? Why was I given this message? See what I saw, felt what I felt which I talk about in great detail in my book, which was divinely guided to be able to write. Um, but um, that experience, it was almost a haunting. Every day I would ask myself, and then I would start to hear the dialogue. Well, who wants to hear that? Who, who Who's going to listen to that? They're going to think you're crazy. And so um, it was very frustrating for me until 2013 when my mother um, was diagnosed with a terminal illness at um, 73 years old. And uh, she was very clear. <laughs> she had a, uh, it was given 12 months to live. And she said, um, I won't be going into hospice until the very end. In fact, the last five days. And it was five days. And that five days, my mom, every single day, day in and day out, talked to me about, Debbie, you need to do something in this hospice thing. And I'm like, I can hardly get my head around your hospice experience here. You know, I, I work in, in OB, I work in labor and delivery. You know, what are you talking about? Well, my mom made her transition and it just kept coming up, coming up, coming up. And um, uh, trust me when I say I did very little effort to create anything around um, becoming um, somebody working in hospice. But 11 months to the day of my mother's transition, 11, which is two, which symbolically means one foot in this world and one foot in the next was my first day as a spiritual care advisor for hospice, for patients, families, and my team. And um, it just kind of went from there. And I realized all of this frustration that I had all along the way was unfolding all along. It was unfolding all along. And here I was being able to use this gift, this knowing to um, allow people to release their fear, to leave. Yeah. So it's, it's a journey. It, it just unfolds, right? Mm -hmm. I love that it was from, you know, the, uh, from birth to death and everything in between. It's like you really have gained such perspective uh, <laughs> yeah. along the way. And it makes me wonder, you know, when you had uh, the, you know, your children to deal with all of those surgeries, all of that, where you were really having to, Put your own needs and desires on a back burner for a while how did you transition out of that into doing what you wanted and needed to do and how did you build your confidence to to go forward with that how how did that all play out because i know there are a few people on the the call who are struggling right now with putting everybody else first and if there's anything left it can be for them um, and then to have the confidence to say, I want to do this thing that I believe is my gift. What, what would you say about that? And what was your journey there? Um, one word comes to mind and a very dear friend of mine is on this call and she always talked to me about trust. I trust what shows up. In fact, 15 years ago, my first publication was trust life, all of it. You know, the the sorrow and the joy and everything in between, because there's always something unfolding that we can't see when we get out of our head. That's where the suffering comes in. And so when I began to trust 
what was showing up in my life and allowing it to show me what it was instead of trying to figure it out, analyze it, fix it or fade it. Um, it um, everything changed for me. And um, I've always been in healthcare in one way or another, um, but it just seemed so natural for me to go from the birthing in process we labor to come in and those babies labor. It's not just mama. Those babies don't want to come in. They, this is tough energy, especially now. And then to, um, to birth out, it's a labor to birth out. And I understood that I knew all of this in between stuff and that there was so many similarities. It wasn't really a 360. There were so many similarities from birthing into birthing out and my, my knowledge and training um, in nursing and in obstetrics and all the things that I learned helped me to understand the journey of what was happening to the body when it was shutting down and to really explain that to folks. And then those folks trusted me that I knew and I was able to use the experience that I so resisted and pushed away for so long to walk these folks over a thousand people wow. out of this world into the next. And it's such an honor um, to have been a part of that. So I guess I would say just trusting as we get older, we start to realize that's really the only way <laughs> we just have to allow and accept. And uh, then the resistance starts to go away. Yes, that's beautiful. And I would imagine that inside of trust is also the idea of presence, being mm -hmm. present with what's right in front of us rather than worrying about what might happen in the future or what has already happened, right? Exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, um, we um, are, are so thrilled to ask you to take this next 20, 25 minutes and share a teaching with us about how can we live regret-free? I love that you uh, use that expression because nobody wants to have regrets. And I remembered you telling me that when um, some of the people you were working with in hospice, like the conversations you had about regrets with them and mm -hmm. how that really informed you and mm -hmm. really inspired you. And then you're able to share that with others. So I'm gonna turn the floor over to you and, and to say in advance, we're very grateful for you, for your mm -hmm. teaching and for all the people you have helped over the years. Thank you, definitely. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you all for, for being here. Your beautiful smiles and faces just warm my heart. Um, well, you know, um, regret, it can feel kind of heavy. The conversation of hospice might not feel light, but I promise you, I promise you, um, it's going to be light and inspiring. I am going to ask you to use your imagination. You know, as we get older, um, we get kind of busy doing, don't we? Trying to figure it out and getting to the next best step. And, um, uh, we, sometimes we forget to use our imagination. I believe that our imagination is our soul nudging us asking us to um, feel, to sense, to use our senses, to feel and taste and smell the colors and uh, just to get present and to smile. So we're going to do that right now. Um, we're going to start out that way. So, you know, this is about uh, creating uh, 2022, um, being ready for better, right? We've been through a lot. And um, this is a new beginning. I think this is really a new beginning um, for us. So let's... Um, Let's just take a deep cleansing breath. Breathe, breathe in and uh, let go. Now I'm going to, um, you're going to hear me, uh, instead of use the word goal, 
I like to use the word desires, desires of the heart or desired outcomes. And um, so we're going to, instead of setting goals, I'm going to walk you through uh, three desired outcomes and I'm going to kind of set the stage for you. And then you're going to set your stage your way inside of this imagination. And then I'm going to take you into um, a meditation. We're going to use our senses. You're really going to feel uh, your body. Uh, you'll also hear me often say our feelings are the language of our of our soul uh, talking to us and nudging us. So the first desired outcome, um, let's um, call that our um, health and wellness. Um, as I work with folks, um, there are usually three areas or aspects of our life that we really do kind of focus on. We think about or sometimes we even obsess. So our health and well-being. So I want you to imagine, use your imagination, and imagine your desired optimal health and well-being. We've all seen it. It doesn't take us very long to figure it out. We've thought about it many, many times. What are we doing? What is our uh, compassion level? What does that look like and feel like? How are we nourishing ourselves? What are we passionate about? How are we inspired? So see yourself in that state of uh, natural wellness. Our natural state is a state of wellness. See it, feel it, imagine it, and say yes. Say yes to it. Imagine that you're creating your stage your way. Now I want you to um, imagine a desired outcome as it pertains to your personal relationships. Maybe there are some that are wounded or need healing. You know which ones they are, they'll come up immediately won't they? Allow them to come in. See them the way you desire to embrace them. See them inspiring. See the conversations inside of them delicious, as Don would say. Create your stage your way and say yes. Just say yes. Smile. There you go. Now your third desired outcome may be around um, your contribution to the world, your contribution to humanity, to your community. Maybe this is your life's work, something that is calling to you. Possibly it is um, uh, your business that you would like to start or, or up-leveling the business that you already have. See yourself. See yourself honoring yourself in this way, being of service to the world. Who's, who's with you? What are they doing? What are they saying? How do they feel? How do you feel? Now feel what yes feels like in your body. Feel yourself saying yes to your desired outcomes. Now I want you to hold this high vibe, hold this vibration. And now we're going to go into a meditation. I want you to take a deep cleansing, letting go breath right here. Breathe in deeply through your nose. And you might even sigh. Just let it out. That's it. Now this next breath, I'm going to ask you to breathe in through your nose for four, the count of four. You'll hold it for, hold it for seven. I'll count for you. And you'll release it through your mouth slowly and controlled for the count of eight. Let's do that together. Breathe in deeply for the count of four. Breathe in. Feel your chest expand, your lungs expand. Place your hand on your heart. 
That's it. That'll bring you back to the present. Hold that breath, soften your shoulders. Five, four, three, two, one. Now slowly and controlled, release that breath through your mouth. Seven, six, releasing any worry, concern, any tension. Three, two, one. And push that last breath out. <sighs> Hear yourself. That gives your brain and your body permission to let it go. Very good. And feel yes again in your body. Feel what curiosity feels like in this moment. And now imagine. Imagine this is going to be easy. <laughs> imagine that it's a beautiful warm summer's day. The temperature is perfect. You find yourself standing on the edge of a flowing, gently, gently flowing river. You notice that your feet are bare and you can feel the soft, mossy grass below your feet. You can feel it coming between your toes. Use your senses here. You turn your face up toward the sun and you can feel its warmth on your face. You can feel the wind as it um, breezes its way, swifts its way across your cheek, possibly moving your hair. You can smell the aromas of hyacinth, lavender, and sweet grass in the summer breeze. You can hear the birds singing and you can hear the water as it moves its way down the river. You might also hear the breeze as it blows in the poplar trees. They sound like coins in the air. You feel very content. You have a smile on your face. And you notice that this dress or garb that you're wearing is free flowing, gently blowing in the breeze and it's whatever color is perfect that comes to your mind. You look across the river and you recall the three desired outcomes, the stage that you created just a few moments ago. You look a little bit to the left and you see this desired outcome of your natural highest and best self, your healthy wellness, your compassion for yourself. You see well-being as a natural way of life. You feel serene and secure in your personal self-care. See your face, feel the energy, the inspiration that's coming from you seeing this, living this, feeling this desired outcome. It's your truth. So say yes. Say yes out loud. Now, look slightly to the left, which is straight ahead of you across the river. And here's your second desired outcome, your relationships. You see them healed and vibrant, inspirational, enhanced. Who are you with? What are you saying? How does it feel? Where are you geographically? Breathe that in. Feel it in your body and say yes. Yes, this is my truth. The truth always feels so good. Now you take a deep breath and you look a little bit to your right 
and you see your third scenario, your third desired outcome. This is you being of service in the way that suits you, the way that honors you and others. You see yourself doing your life's work, your calling, being your best self. Where are you? Who's with you? Who are you helping? Who are you serving? What are the body languages, the reactions, the responses? Check in with that truth and say yes. This is your desired outcome. This is your truth. Now, there's a slight distraction as you look to the right. You look to the right, up the river, here comes a raft. Whatever color the raft is, it's up to you. But in the raft, you can hear some chatter and it's getting louder and louder. Oh, there's a hand waving. It says, here, I'm your obstacle. It's okay. I'll always be here if you want me to, but you can let me go. The challenge waves and, oh, there's a couple of regrets. They're waving as well. They're saying, I can get in your way. I can interrupt this desired outcome. Or we'll just keep on going by. And you are taken back just for a moment. But then you'll reconnect. You'll reconnect with these desired outcomes because they feel so real, so good. But once again, there's a distraction. And here comes the obstacles and the challenges. They're waving and they say, hey, we can stay or we can go. It's up to you. It's your choice. I know we caused some suffering, but you get to say yes or no. And you want to, but here they go again. You reconnect. You say yes to your desired outcomes. And once again, here comes the distraction. But this time, you realize that you don't need all those regrets. And that obstacle that you thought was an obstacle is really just an old behavior. It's an old story. And you can replace that story. And you know it. You know it. And so now the chatter becomes softer and softer. And you start to move because now you look across the river and you see the stepping stones. They're there waiting for you. And it doesn't matter how. It only matters why you want to get there. So take another deep cleansing breath. Breathe in because this is your truth. This is your reality. Say yes. And keep that vibration in your body. Say yes and feel it. Take another deep cleansing breath. Wiggle your fingers and your toes. And bring yourself back to this moment from which we began. And open your eyes when you're ready. And let's move forward together. How was that? Nobody has ever said that was not good. <laughs> There's a reality check when we allow ourselves to say yes. Yeah. So tonight I want to talk about um, some of the things that get in the way. The things that come down the river, right, and try to grab our attention, and and they um, they uh, interrupt they interrupt our reality, our desired outcome. Before I do that, I want to share something about regrets in my work with in hospice. As I said earlier, um, I had over a thousand patients, um, and when you're the spiritual care advisor, if you have a hundred patients, you have a hundred patients. You don't just have twelve if you're a nurse. You have all of them. And during that time, my uh, honor, my service work was to hold a space, a sacred space 
for them to share their life review with me. And everybody had regrets. And don't you know that the majority of those regrets were not about things that they said or did to themselves or others? They were the things that they did not do in this lifetime, the things they didn't experience, the things that they might have labeled as accomplishments, the bucket list. Yeah. So um, that was very intriguing to me um, because that was something that not only will we all have an end of life experience, but we may all have regrets. And that is something that we can change. That's a choice. And I was so intrigued with that, that that's why I wrote my book, Regret-Free Living. Living and dying in HD or high definition might change to living and dying fully. <laughs> um, we'll see. So um, that's where this came from. And during um, my work, um, tonight I want to talk about five regrets or, or five, um, five things in our lives that bring us suffering. We all know what suffering feels like. Regret is suffering. Suffering is a regret, right? So um, there, there are more than five, but I heard these so often. And so I wanted to share these with you. Um, the first one is um, expectations. The expectations that we might have of ourselves or others, right? Wow, how disappointing, especially when we have expectations of others. Oftentimes those expectations um, can be uh, with love, such, such feeling, you know, when you expect your spouse to be bigger and better and more soulful, <laughs> right? Or you see more for your children than they see for themselves. Um, that expectation can be painful because it's an expectation. It's an expectation. And um, the sixth spiritual law is the law of detachment, detachment of expectations. It's very interesting to, um, to study that, uh, but it really uh, removes suffering. Um, and, and that again is a choice and it starts here, doesn't it? Our suffering starts with our thoughts. Our thoughts become emotions. Emotions are felt in the physical body in the form of heartache, in the form of maybe like a knife turning in our, our gut wisdom. Maybe it's a headache, stomachache, backache, right? We feel it physically. We feel our suffering physically. So expectations um, uh, are a real huge deterrent. And we often regret them because we can't do anything about them. There is one thing we can do about them, and that's acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean that you have to agree with it or like it. It just means that you get to move through it. Because until we accept that which we resist, remember that which you resist will persist. You push back, it'll push back harder. But as soon as we accept, we get to move through it because we can't go around it. We can't go under it or over it. We got to go through it. And once we do, we're free. That regret is gone. What about perfectionism? Anybody, anybody experience that um, themselves or with others? <laughs> yeah. Um, some of us are recovering perfectionists. <laughs> How about um, holidays? Does it ever occur when somebody is a perfectionist? How challenging that is for other people around them? It's got to be a certain way, look a certain way, be on time. You do this, I'll do this. It's got to happen like this. It's exhausting. And um, it creates a lot of regret within ourselves, the person, and others. 
So we can move our self-dialogue from perfection to excellence, right? I used to tell my kids when they would go out the door every morning, oh, do your best. Just do your best. And only you know the truth about your best, right? That's authenticity. Only you know the truth about what is best for you. And that can change from day to day, from hour to hour, depending on our circumstances. But when we do our best, we're in excellence. And then we have less regret about these expectations that um, most often we don't fulfill. That's another thing about perfectionism is sometimes people, if they can't do it perfect, they won't do it at all. Wow, what a loss, right? I had uh, somebody in a group I was teaching the other day said, there are times when I was working through perfectionism, if I couldn't get it to a certain level, I wouldn't even have the experience. I wouldn't even do it. Yeah, so excellence. Our, our inner dialogue uh, is our story and it's so powerful. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about that tonight too, shifting some of those words that we use because our brain, our brain's something else. It'll accommodate any behavior, any thought that we have, even if we don't like it. So we can replace it and teach it something different. How about current regrets? Living um, currently in regrets of the past or the future. Oftentimes we think about things we regret, mistakes we might've made, things we said or did or didn't do. Those were regrets too that I heard, things I didn't do. Um, but living in those past regrets, folks that I um, worked with, um, oftentimes, you know, they were 90 years old. These were women who um, were given men to marry. They were in relationships that they weren't comfortable with. It was a way of life or were told that they couldn't have a business. I write about a seamstress who had this incredible, she really had a business, but she couldn't open her own store because everybody said, women don't do that. We don't do that. That was a regret she had all of her life until one day, one of her children said to her, oh, I just, if I didn't know, I would have encouraged you. I would have given you the money. I would have helped you. So we never know where regret will take us or not take us, right? What about future regrets? You know, when we, we create only in the present moment, and if we're obsessed with past regrets, we actually bring them into our present moment and it creates our future. I recall, I uh, remember the secret. I recall working so hard. I did everything. I even had a, a whole wall that was a um, whiteboard. That was my vision board. Little did I know back then that my brain couldn't handle all that. It was way too big. But I, I did it all and I didn't get the result that I wanted. So I started to have regret about what I was trying to create for the future. I was putting all this time in and I wasn't getting the result. What I did was I lowered my vibration. I turned the frequency down the dial on my own manifesting. So we need to keep in check and stay above the line, right? Don, above the line vibe, because it is a frequency. You know, it's not necessarily negative or positive energy. We're either high vibe or we're lower vibe. And we have control about turning that up. Okay. Ungratefulness. Uh, this is a regret that I heard also. Um, ungrate, being ungrateful, you know, wanting more or something different instead of what we already have, finding value in the people and the things that are in our lives. 
I once um, heard in my head during that very time I just shared with you that um, not expressing gratitude is an expression of ungratefulness. Ouch. <laughs> Think about it. Not expressing gratitude is an expression of being ungrateful. Let's try, just try something with me. Um, being grateful changes everything. It can change your immediate mood, your vibration, your frequency. So think for a minute about something that irritates you, frustrates you, even a person or a thing that makes you angry. You don't have to search very far. You've thought about it before. It's right there. I won't keep you here long, a couple of seconds, but I want you to notice it, feel it. All right, now take a deep breath. And on that out breath, I want you to think about those things are people that you're very grateful about, grateful for. Think about it. It's going to make you smile. Think about that gratitude. Your body is changing. You can feel it in your physical body. It's an emotion gratitude. It raises your mood. It raises your vibe. It changes everything. It changes your life. So focusing on gratitude, no matter when, even during these um, uh, uncertain times, even during dying and death, there's always something, something to be grateful for, isn't there? Waking up, going to bed, seeing your lovely faces, having an opportunity to share um, what's in my heart I'm grateful for. The small things, yeah, applesauce. <laughs> Could be anything, right? Yeah. So living in a state of gratitude. Yeah. Oh, here's a big one. Unhealthy relationships. We've all experienced unhealthy relationships, whether personal or professional. Yes. Yeah. And that healthy relationship can be consuming, exhausting. A toxic relationship, an abusive relationship. Oof. Wow. Had one of those. You find yourself um, wondering how to get out. How will it work when you get out? How will you live when you get out? Who will you be when you get out? How do you get out? If you've ever experienced that, it is, um, I believe, would have to be one of the most significant regrets at end of life or any time to stay in. I had one of those. I actually had to strategically create a plan over two months, how to leave, where to go, who would support me. You know, knowing that the next three to five years, I'd be haunted. That relationship was with somebody who could find me anywhere, a cop. So, um, but my life changed when I was in it, boy. But when I left it, even though I knew it was going to be challenging, I never regretted it. Never regretted it. Changed my life. I could have stayed in something like that and drawn that to me over and over again. You know, I think it's really important that we evaluate, we check in with our relationships and see how they're serving us, how we're serving each other regularly. Boundaries. You know, as human beings, we really do want to know where something begins and something ends, right? That's important because if we don't set boundaries, we actually give somebody permission to treat us badly. So setting boundaries is important. And when you do that, you will find some resistance. And if you do, then let them go. But you may be, you'll be very surprised that 
a lot of people will say, okay, I can work with that. And then relationships heal. So um, those are just a, a few of the things, but when you uh, really stop and think about what regret feels like and what it is, you know, regret is suffering and we create that. And we, there's stories. The things that we regret no longer exist. They're just stories. There's something from the past. There's something that happened. Doesn't mean that we take anything away from them that they didn't hurt, but we can't continue to bring them in, right, to our lives. So, um, what I would say is that uh, it's really important. I mean, at the, at the end, of, end of the day, at the end of our life, we will all be there. Right now, we're just talking about 2020, but truly, we're in a place to decide what we want that to look like. You know, uh, it's more than just um, where will we be? Who will be with us? What pets? What poems? Right? What songs? It's more than that. It's the conversation. What will we be talking about? Because those folks with regrets that I worked with, they were using their last life prana, their last life source with regret. Instead of talking about the joys, that's what they were focused on. I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for you, for anybody. We have a choice. And if we start um, deciding um, to be better, to live better, to do it better, that's the way it'll be for us. And it won't be frightening. It won't be so frightening. (laughs) Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's beautiful. So much to think about. So much wisdom in what you said. And your energy really blessed all of us with your words and your sentiments and your ideas. Thank you so much. Um, I want to ask you, what would you tell a woman who is considering becoming a new world woman founding mother, what would you say, like what resonated with new world women? Like what made you wanna be a part of our academy and to teach and to become a founding mother yourself? And just to make it clear, not all of our founding mothers are luminaries, Mm -hmm. but all of our luminaries are founding mothers. So Mm -hmm. anyway, what would you say to somebody who's thinking, I, I think this is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, this is um, so unique. What you, uh, what Dawn and, and Sean and Mecca are creating here is so unique. And, you know, I know all of you lovely women, and I know how you create. You create through the divine. Um, I've done many projects with you, and I know that that's how this is being created. There's no other way. Uh, to do it and um, to allow women a a platform, a place to get to know one another, to find support, to say, this is what I do. This is what I want to offer. And maybe you don't want to teach. Maybe you just want to learn. You know, you want to learn more about yourself, who you are, what makes you tick. Um, This is a perfect place to do that with uh, the support and just that inspiration you know, more so than motivation, we're inspired because that comes from within. And that's what's cultivated here is uh, inspiration. Beautiful. And Deb, how can people get in touch with you between now and when we launch? Um, What's the best uh, URL for you? Sure. um, Time to renew coaching.com or debbiemeckley.com. You can uh, find me there and uh, drop me a little line and we'll connect. I'd love that. 
Okay, let's open the mics and everybody say thank you and send blessings to Deb. <laughs> thank you, Deb. 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 Thank you, Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Thank you, Please visit NewWorldWomen.com to learn more about our exciting collaboration and how it can support you and other women in your life. We would love to welcome you into our first Founders Circle, which you can explore on our site. If you like Collaboration is Queen, please give us a five-star rating and tell your friends. Thank you, and remember to keep your crown ready so women can collaborate to create a new world for themselves and for our world, a world of love, inclusion, collaboration, and abundance. <laughs>